And we're on. And we're live. From our basements. We don't have basements. I'm really glad we don't have basements. But what if a tornado happened? Uh, I would rather have one of those shelters shelters that are outside. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? Like out yeah, separate far from the house. away from the house. Good idea. Even then, that's... You know what? I'll take my chances in a closet or a bathtub. I do yeah, not trust the, the framework of the house instead of going anywhere. Um, when you said apart from the house underground or whatever, I thought of American Horror Story. Mm. When there's that thing underground, it's the um, Roanoke season. Oh, I, think. I like vaguely remember that one. Spooky. I would go over to Jessica's and I would drink too much wine during that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you guys used to do american horror story um parties or whatever yes. viewing parties <clears throat> oh dear um okay so the week before last right i think was the ryan jenkins episode yes where i mentioned how he was on megan wants a millionaire and then he went on to kill his wife, etc. Um, so it turns out Lacey Skulls saw my post, I guess because I hashtagged Rock of Love or Lacey Skulls saw my post and then I went on to listen to her latest episode because I saw she was going to be featuring Megan Hauserman. Um, according to some insider information from one of my friends who messages her, Lacey is very nice, by the way. Any personas that you see on reality TV are usually not real and egged on by the producers, which they mentioned this in the episode I listened to. Um, They're pretty much told right away sometimes if they even are going to win or have a chance of winning. So what the producers will do is tell them straight up, like, you'll probably get into the top three of whatever said show they're on. Uh, So we're going to need you to make the show entertaining since you're not going to win anyway. And of course, they want to get paid and you know, get seen and stuff. So both Megan and Lacey played these bad girl, mean girl, bully personas where they use different strategies and got each other, um, you know, eliminated and stuff uh, off the show. Not each other as in Lacey and Megan, but other other women. On like Charm School, for instance, um, Megan was told she wasn't going to win and that she was supposed to be Brandy C's partner in crime in order for Brandy C to at least make the top three, which Brandy C ends up spitting on a- another contestant, I believe. So oh she gets eliminated for that. And so she threw away the whole thing. <laughs> but anyway, long story short, my friend who messages Lacey was told that it used to be talk of love with Heather Chadwell and Lacey Skulls, but they decided to not be co-hosting the same podcast because um, Heather does not like Megan Ch- uh, Hauserman. Oh, so when Lacey wanted to have Megan as a guest, Heather said, well, I can't be I can't do that. So it turns out now Lacey is having that's her own podcast. And she just has a co-host guest every week instead of Uh, a solid co. Yeah. So that's where that's at. And uh, Megan and Lacey discussed a lot of things about Ryan Jenkins and whatnot. And it turns out Megan really did like Ryan a lot. And so she struggled with handling what had happened on top of who she thought he was and, you know, liking him. And it was a struggle for her for a while. But yeah, if if you want to listen to that, that was really interesting coming from them themselves and discussing the behind the scenes of which scenes in the show were manipulated and whatnot. Anyways. Just a little update there. And that is cool. Pretty interesting. <clears throat> but today is Daniela's turn. It is. Okay. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. My chest. <laughs> it's tight. <laughs> I have the virus. Oh, no. <laughs> I I feel like I watched the birdcage the other night, and I feel like whenever <laughs> Albert finds out about <laughs> finds out about Val getting married, and he's like, <gasps> yes, I can't. <laughs> I hard to breathe. <laughs> I remember he's all falling all over the place. 
<laughs> like, oh, good, you told him. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But hopefully this is like an exciting surprise for people that are listening. But anyways, God damn it, every time. <laughs> I start getting ready and my phone does that static shit because I'm about to get a text or something. Oh, I did hear that. Or it's the ghost. Yeah, that's what that is. It's God the demon. demon. Okay. Guys, we really did summon a demon last time with the necromancy episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was really scary. I, I'm going to play it. Ready? Ooh, you should. Okay, so I honestly feel like it was just Abby, the way she chopped um, our audio and shit. But That's what I'm going to go with because I don't want to believe the latter. She was literally scared out of her mind because of this. <laughs> Guys, it's well, it sounds hilarious like that, but um, I, like, you can it's hear, her clearing her throat, yeah, it is. It's <clears throat> but then it freaking goes into a weird cartoonish, like grumbling sound. And if you look at the actual sound, like sound waves or whatever, I can't tell how I would have chopped it to where it sounded like that. Like it almost sounds like Ooh. an angry word or something, but. I the yeah, only reason why yeah let's play it again. Wait, the only reason why what? The only reason why I got so scared is because I literally was so focused on editing and like listening to clips as I was editing them, and then I'm listening to like t- like two seconds of this audio and it's Daniela says something I do that and then she says huh so she heard it whatever it was. <sighs> And I did. That's it. why oh I went God. back. So then, I, yeah. I, and so then I send Daniela the clip of us both in the track, like her track and my track together. And then I send only that part of the track without, like, with her part muted, so that nothing else is interfering with my track. And that little clip is there, and it's so clear. Yet I can't explain what the hell it was because even when I mess around with like voices from movies and stuff it's not that so i couldn't tell what context that was in so it kind of freaked me out a little bit i'm gonna play it again so y'all can maybe hear it a little better oh my god (sighs) yeah i don't know what that is we we even put um What's the word? We put it through a the Google Translator. Like I played the audio for it and it couldn't because Abby was like, it sounds like an angry word. So we thought it was like in a different language, but mm-hmm. it didn't pick anything up. So it sounds like it, it sounds like jahak or something like that. Like weird. I don't know. Maybe you were trying to start talking while you were somebody reach out to Zach Bagans and send him the audio. <laughs> Because he's a he's an expert in these things, so um Zach Bagel Bites. Where did it's you- a demon? Have you been messing with uh <laughs> You gotta demons? Take demons seriously, they're not a joke. And you literally had said in that same episode how you had been doing the Ouija board and you had We told discussed the- so many things. And yeah, I wonder if he he was like the little demon was asleep and was like, Hmm, I recall that event. Here I come back again. And it tried to come out of you. Mm. Oh, ew, weird. I didn't think about it that way. I had to clear my throat suddenly, and here it comes. Yeah, I was like, here's my chance. I'm going to say something. And it's like, wait, fuck, I don't know what I'm going to say. And then that's what happened. it's still in there, the little demon. Yeah, you were trying to summon some shit while we were doing that. Damn. We Yeah, you weren't you? Didn't you? You recited the... Thing from Chucky from Umbrella. Give me the power. Dude, we talked all kinds of shit. And the biggest what? What was that? What was what? Oh my I okay, you're gonna have to listen again. Like right after you said that, I felt something move past my arm and I heard like something move. You're now you're just you're, no, Abby, you're gonna have to play that shit back later. Make, you're freaking you yourself play. out. I am, but what the fuck? I wasn't really that freaked out until that happened. Oh my god, what was that? Hold on, I'm gonna see if there's something outside my door or Jeremy's 
Hey, did you just move something right now? <laughs> like you didn't move the chair or anything? Did you hear anything? Hmm. Did you hear something? I thought you just felt something. I did. No, I felt it and I heard it at the same time. But I heard like in the distance, like, you know how like whenever you move a chair? Yes. Like a vibration. That's what I heard. Kind of but I heard it right next to my it sounded far away, but it felt right next to my ear. And then I felt something brush across my arm. Oh, my God. I can't with you. You can explain it away on my end, but when it happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did ask Jeremy if he moved something out there. And you were right. I went and showed Hunter, and he was like, stop. It's not. It's nothing. And I was like, but to listen to it. Anyways, we... Jeremy's the same, dude. He always, it, when shit happens to him, it's weird, but me, no. I think Jesus Christ got a little butt hurt from our last episode. And he. <laughs> because, I mean, demons aren't going to waste their time just while we're doing this bullshit. They're just laughing in the corner. They're not even I'm like, I'm not going to waste my energy. It's but Jesus, on the other hand, he's a petty mother- motherfucker, so. Probably was like motherfucker. <laughs> Isn't that German or something? Anyways, here we go. It is, and we're doing it again. <laughs> okay, Russian impersonator over here. Stop it! We're fucking with what? shit again, Abby. We need to stop. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> that was uh, that definitely got my heart accelerating that was creepy corner with abby and daniela thanks for coming we are give me the creeps and uh this is our our shit so welcome welcome back thanks for listening and with that being said daniela take it away on october 17th 2006, around 8.30 p.m., New Orleans police received a disturbing call from the Omni Royal Orleans Hotel. That's weird to say, Orleans. By, yeah, without it. Yeah. Hmm. That was distracting. I'm sorry. <laughs> a man's body was on the roof of the parking garage. Upon arriving and seeing the severely mangled body, it was clear that he had died on impact. Unsure if they had a murder, suicide, or tragic accident on their hands, the investigators began by searching the body for ID. In the man's back pocket, they found a note reading, in part, This is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol to 826 North Rampart, you will find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge, along with full documentation on both of us and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen. Oh, shit. So have you heard of them? Yes. Zach and Addie? Yes. And you said 2006? Yeah. That feels longer than it was. I don't know. Word. What's <clears throat> happened? Um, okay, I'm excited, but also, damn. So Zach Bowen was, according to those who knew him, a decent person. There was nothing about him that made people guarded or nervous. He was neither extraordinarily attractive nor memorably unattractive. He was not mean. He was not the homecoming king. He was just a pretty average California boy. He had plenty of friends, was sociable, and clearly hid whatever was welling beneath the surface in the last few years of his life. When Zach was 18 years old, he met a 28-year-old named Lana Shupak. The two married, and according to some sources, Jack... Jack... Zach joined the military in order to support her and the two children their marriage bore. He served as a military officer in, in Kosovo and Iraq. According to those closest to him, Zach's personality began to change while overseas, but they blamed it on Zach being homesick. He was ready to come home. <clears throat> and he got his wish via a general discharge. Despite earning a NATO medal and a presidential unit citation for his service, 
plus his commanding officer's recommendation that he receive an honorable discharge, which meant that while he qualified for VA benefits, he couldn't get GI Bill education benefits. So um, he returned home bitter, depressed, and suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. So he and his wife separated not long after his return, and he settled in New Orleans. He managed to keep enough of a smile on to become a bartender in the French Quarter. In fact, he became known as somewhat of a charmer, and that's exactly how he met fellow bartender Addie Hall. Addie was a free-spirited, feisty-tempered, independent artist who found herself in Bohemian New Orleans after a rough life in the Northeast States. A poet, artist, dancer with a host of friends, she rode her bike around the quarter to get where she needed to go and to her job as bartender at the Spotted Cat. She called herself a quarterkin, someone who belonged in and was part of the French Quarter. Addie fit right there in the middle, trying to find herself and her muse, all while battling her own demons and addictions. Addie was weary of relationships with men because of the abuse she experienced in her past. According to her friends, she had been molested when she was young and, like many abuse victims, went on to have a string of abusive relationships as an adult. Some said she was bipolar and would irregularly take the medication for it, and it's likely she suffered from PTSD from being molested. On top of that, she was known to be a heavy drinker. Many of Zach and Addie's friends remember the outrageous fights they would get into, some saying Addie could be a mean drunk. Mm. Dating for weeks before Katrina hit, Zach and Addie decided to stick out the Category 5 hurricane together at her apartment. Zach had every intention of leaving the city and staying with his estranged wife, Lana, and their kids so he could get out of the storm. The mass exodus was so severe and forewarned that Lana even welcomed Addie. But Addie's desire for independence and a life all her own with her new boyfriend far exceeded any need to have she had to leave the city. (laughs) They were two of the very few people who did not evacuate. This gained them media attention in the wake of the storm, partly because Addie had a habit of flashing her breasts at police officers when they drove by. (laughs) So I heard that in like several different podcasts that have done it, uh, have done the story. Like I heard that she did that to like bring attention like in, like if someone needed something and like the cops wouldn't stop like she would flash them so they would stop mm-hmm. but as i was like reading all these different articles i was i never found any of that like i never once saw anybody say that so i don't know where that was from weird hmm. i don't know it just makes her sound like a better person i guess is it like instead of just yeah? Flashing so people? that would be for <laughs> for fun. So that would be yeah. like comparable to people yelling fire in place of rape. Yes. Oh damn! If it, um, were, if it were true, that's interesting. But yeah, okay. yeah. Amid the storm and flickering lights, they fell deeply in love and made a life for themselves in the weeks. And made a life for themselves in the weeks following the destruction in the empty French Quarter. They gathered the few people that waited out the storm and collectively made dinners together over campfire. They lived without electricity, drank what they had, traded booze for water, looked up at the stars they couldn't see before because of the lights of the city, and lived a life without responsibility beyond survival. They were inseparable from that point forward and made a name for themselves as they served up booze and scraped meals for their fellow perseverers of Katrina. Many would later say that it suited them and going back to real life had been the tragedy for the pair. When reality set back in, the lights in the city turned back on, the stars disappeared, and the real cleanup began. Zach and Addie were forced back into a lifestyle they weren't ready to experience again. Bills piled up, jobs, uh, job schedules came back, responsibilities returned, and the bonfire in the middle of their street that they cooked on was reduced to ash. Zach and Addie watched as people swept their lives out of their front doors with a push broom, 
longing for the time when they had the city to themselves, when their love was so strong that they felt on top of the world. Zack became increasingly hard to console as military vehicles moved in and the destruction Katrina left was finally revealed. His PTSD was in full force now and there was no turning back. Addie just wanted Zach. She didn't want his life or responsibility of his children and ex-wife. So the honeymoon was over and the natural high of the hurricane gone from their lives. They went looking for their high in other places via drugs and alcohol. And well, it all went downhill from there. Damn. Violent fights erupted and Zach and Addie began to drift apart. Their solution to reignite their passion getting a new apartment together and starting over from scratch. Uh, They walked down Rampart Street and came across a for rent sign, an apartment above the well-respected Priestess Miriam's Voodoo Spiritual Temple, which I will get back to later, Mm. uh, was available immediately. And with months worth of tips in their pockets, they made an offer right away and moved in. When did Katrina happen? In August? Was it? Six. Let me look at. Maybe it was May. No, it was August. Wow. August twenty third, two thousand five. Yeah, August to October is not very long. You're right. Yeah, the days that it was going was uh, August twenty third to the thirty first. Yeah, if, like, the earliest time before that they were dating was, like, July, mm-hmm. that's still not very long to know somebody. But um, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> on October 4th, which was literally just a couple of days after they had moved in to this apartment, uh, Addie went to the landlord and asked that Zach be taken off the lease. She had discovered that Zach was cheating on her and wanted his ass out. The landlord, being a dumbass, asked that Addie go back and work it out with her boyfriend. And this was the last time anyone saw Addie Hall alive. Mm. Um, at around 1 a.m. on Thursday, October 5th, 2006, Zach strangled Addie to death. In a drunken stupor, he fell asleep next to her corpse on the futon, committed necrophilia, and got up the next day and went to work. Holy shit. His coworkers remember him acting out of sorts, wearing sunglasses and a hat and becoming very quiet. Over the next several days, Zach cut up Addie's body in their bathtub with a hacksaw and knife and dispersed the pieces of her corpse into and on top of the stove for cooking, as well as in the refrigerator. He gave her a haircut and placed her head inside of a pot on the front of the stove, placed her small feet and hands inside of another pot, and, oh, another pot that was uh, on the back burner of the stove. Uh, Her legs and arms were in a roasting pan inside of the oven, and her torso, oh, I guess... I should have warned that it was going to be graphic. We can put a disclaimer in the description. Okay. Uh, Okay, her legs and arms. (laughs) Get to that point. You're like, her torso. Oh, well, this is is where I remember to. (laughs) Well, because I hate the word torso, and I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I'm sure other people don't like any of it. Yeah, all right. Okay, well, I mean, you're here. You should be able to stomach some shit, right? God. This is dark. Go on. Um, I'm sorry. So, oh, and finally, her torso was in a plastic bag in the fridge that was going to be dealt with later. Apparently, his intentions were to separate bone from flesh as a mean to more easily handle the disposing of her body. Uh, Many at the time said there were in tensions of cannibalism but the autopsy on him uh reported that there were no signs of it in his stomach or anything no human remains yeah so basically he was just doing it so that he could it was easier to get rid of her body that way Addie's friends and co-workers asked where she was when they saw or called zach 
He told them she left him and went back to North Carolina where she was from. Some were surprised as they knew how much she loved New Orleans and couldn't see her leaving, which others were not shocked, knowing that Addie could be very unpredictable and have a tendency to run away from situations out of her control. Little did they know that Zach knew exactly where she was and what he had done to her. Mm. On Tuesday, October 17th, 2006, nearly two weeks after the murder and dismemberment, the surveillance camera at the Omni Royal Orleans uh, captured Zach on the seventh floor, pacing back and forth nervously, drink in hand, then approaching the terrace and looking over, then turning away again and again. After one last drink, he threw himself over. Oh my gosh. And after reading his eight-page suicide note, the police went to Addie and Zach's apartment where they discovered that the contents of Zach's letter was in fact true. Uh, The first thing they noticed was the temperature and lack of smell. The AC was set to 60 degrees and on full blast. Uh, There was no smell of rotting flesh and the bathroom was clean of any lingering blood. On the walls were uh, spray-painted words. Like, I loved her. I'm a total failure. I'm sorry I couldn't finish. what That was in the bathroom mm-hmm. um, of the tub. And finally, he spray painted on the oven door, don't look. Mm. Uh, at the scene, police found Addie's journal with writings added from Zach. Today is Monday, 16th, October, 2 a.m. I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, 5 October. I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. Halfway halfway through the task, I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B, the crime scene you are now in, came after a while. I scared myself, not by the actions of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years. Oh, I guess. Okay, we'll go back. Well, to yeah, that in a they were um, they were together from if if they went through Katrina together, that was two thousand five, and then this event is happening in two thousand six. Oh, I'm a dumbass. No, I had to, I had to also put it together also, so I feel you. Wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> but wait, what okay. the hell? So he he just decided to kill her. He wasn't under the influence of anything, or well, like having a traumatic a episode. Okay, because I need oh, to remember. I'm this sure, part. he doesn't even because he he stops it and thinks about it, and then just continues on. So it's like what the uh, snapped. I mean, people can be drunk as shit and write stuff like this. Like, there's there's a way. I'm sure if he was. According to every like all the other articles, he was drunk when he did it. So yeah, okay. And then he fell asleep. He fell asleep next to her body, and then went to work the next day. So it's like yeah, he's just he just lost it, I guess. Anyway, or he strangled her, and then he got drunk and passed out. Or that I don't know to bring him to just hmm. I don't know. Um. Okay, so I scared myself not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years and then desecrating her body, but by my entire lack of remorse. I've known for forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 in cash I had being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I may have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock, and had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. What the hell? Um, He seems way too calm for what the hell happened there. Like... Yeah, and he said that he calmly strangled her. So I want to say that he wasn't drunk. Like, and it wasn't like he just snapped. Like, if you have a mental thing going on, like, you just snap. Like, you don't have any, nothing logical is going to go through your brain at that time. Like, clearly something happened to where you did 
mm-hmm. that this did happen, you know, like, I don't know. But then there, at least for him, because there are like serial killers that I guess, would that be considered like a mental thing? I think so. For all serial killers? No, no, not for all serial killers. It depends. Like, that's why, I mean, it's just like the mental state they're in, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, like, I don't know if anyone knows whenever that just happens. I mean, did you say he had right. a violent past with her? Like, that year that they were together, was well, there violence happening? Everything that I've read is that she was the violent one. Like, there was nothing oh, where he would he hit her. Anymore. It was always her. He just couldn't take it anymore then. But he never says that in any of his writings. It was just about himself and what he did. Yeah, he said he was a horrible, horrible person. Like, I don't... I don't know. I mean, it's they were fighting. There was yeah. people would talk about them fighting, but I don't. I don't know who would get like if they would get physical or like. I mean, I'm assuming that's what would make it really crazy. But like a lot of everything that I read was her. Like she was the aggressor. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then I mean, I don't know if I'd put him in a category with serial killers. Like, unless I mean, no, been his but- first, unless this was going to be his first thing, but he killed himself. No, he definitely was not going to be a serial killer. That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't he- make sense. Yeah, nothing's lining up with what happened. What, like, I don't know. It's weird. That's why I was asking all those questions because I don't remember ever finding out to begin with either. Other than like that, I think that was around the time when bath salts was like starting. And then it like picked up in like 2010 or something. Well, they did do, they did a lot of drugs together. Like they did mm-hmm. a shit ton of cooking and I'm sure they smoked something weed. set him off because. He- they just drank a lot and yeah, something, but he had PTSD and well, he had the, yeah. mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of other things going on. So, I mean. But then he I didn't mention it in those in the journals or anything. He didn't say like I thought he might he not have known that's what it was because he was under the influence on top of having yeah. an episode. Oh, damn, that sucks. Yeah. So. Wow. Um. So after all was said and done, many would claim that the dark. Oh, here we go. Uh, here's where I go back to the where voodoo. They live, yeah. Yeah. Um. Many would claim that the dark voodoo history of where their new apartment was had something to do with Zach's overwhelming mental illness and the violent outbursts of their relationship's final demise. It's probably pure coincidence that these unrelated matters aligned. Um, I will say, though, that just as there are differences between other faiths, there are different kinds of voodoo. Mm -hmm. But in general, it's actually a healing and kind spiritual practice that is well-respected in the city and darkness has little to do with it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that was, I mean. Well, no, that's good you said that just so there's no um, stigma around what you're going to say. Like this is not an example of what it is because that's usually the first place people go to is the hauntings and the the evil rituals and stuff that everyone has. but. Don't use this as an example, blah, blah, blah. And so you gave a really good disclaimer there. Thank you. Uh, Here's my continued. Uh, Addie was a murder victim, a complicated matter, but simply put, a case of severe domestic abuse turned criminal. And there's nothing supernatural about that fact. Zach's Mm -hmm. own personal demons took over what was left of his sanity and caused him to end the life of his girlfriend and eventually himself. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, but because this is a show about creepy things, yes, I am going to talk about the voodoo. I'm not going to say anything like, I'm just going to give information that I know. Okay. Let's do it. Um, so at the time that they lived there, the temple was owned, like this is just aftermath things, but, um, the temple was owned by priestess Miriam and her then husband, and that was from 1991 to February 2006 when a fire broke out and destroyed a lot of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, or, well, it destroyed a lot of, like, her part of the building. Like, Zach and Addie's apartment was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So now a woman named Mary Voodoo Queen Milan leased the building and set up shop as Bloody Mary Haunt- Bloody Mary's 
haunted museum and tour. So for a fee, visitors are let into their apartment, into Zach and Addie's apartment, to view the same stove and the same fridge that had Addie's remains in it. Damn, that's exploitation to the max. Yeah. And so when she first opened it, um, the apartment was decorated like a shitty horror film. Like it had fake blood and like there was a bride and groom set of Chucky, the Chucky dolls. And... um, one of the friends of Zach and Addie actually went to see it and she called it despicable and atrociously exploitive. Mm -hmm. Bloody Mary or whatever her name is. uh, I think that is what her name is. I think that's what she goes by, but she defends her tours saying it educates people about the crime. She said, I'd be stupid to pretend that Zach and Addie weren't here. She said, uh, Mm, uh, every like everyone else what i guess it does depend on how it's done because here i am talking shit but i love going to zach bagan's haunted museum because i've been twice already and plan on going a third right. time um and a lot of people just can't handle like he had a btk set up with the original mattress including the fecal matter on the sheets from one of the victims and even a mannequin displaying how the victim was tied up and stuff so that's where people kind of lost interest in being a fan of the museum. But I still, right. I still thought it was neat, even though it, it, they do give disclaimers like this is not, you know, in any distaste. It's just for historical purposes and true mm-hmm. crime fanatic, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I guess I can't talk shit on what she's doing. It, as long as they're, I don't know, some kind of respect paid to the victims and making sure people know that this isn't cool or you know, fun. It's, it's just for, you know, to show what happened, I guess. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's just because she did it so cheesy, but she, she did take it. She took it down a notch or she took it down a shit ton of notches because, um, like she was saying that people were just jealous that they didn't do it first. Like that they didn't rent out the place and do all this shit. And, um, so, but like, I think a lot of people complained of how she had it set up. So, uh, the website doesn't like directly mention what happened there, but, um, people will still like comment on like the Yelp reviews and shit about it. Um, mm-hmm. and then on the 10th anniversary, the TLC series Paranormal Lockdown, they did, have you seen that show? I've heard of it. I have only watched it, I think, once or twice, and it's been, like, because it was on or whatever. But (laughs) (laughs) or they did an episode on um, the apartment, which notably was no longer – it wasn't decorated like a shitty horror movie anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was plain. Like, all the – like, the stove was still there and the fridge and shit, but, like, there was nothing. It was empty. Yeah. Um. So I decided to watch the episode apparently again, but when I started watching it and I was like, dude, I've seen this before. And then I realized I saw this a long time ago and it was the whole reason why I knew about the story to begin with. (laughs) You had forgotten. Yeah. And I was like, so yeah, I I was like, what? I honestly think it was like three years ago that I watched it, but I watched it again. And um, so the cottage, which is what they referred the building to, um, is really freaking old. And it housed all kinds of people at some point or another. Um, of course, they like talk about like being super haunted and stuff. And I mean, it makes sense. There was a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of energy there from because it's so old. Mm-hmm. And um, like it's been there like whenever I, I don't remember what year it is, but it was there for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like it was haunted even before Zach and Addie were in there, but now it's, they're just using it as a, as a, they're using that as a way to get people to go. But mm-hmm. um, 
So the investigators stayed from guessing a weekend and they reported sensing a cold draft despite the windows being closed and a presence in the bathroom that repeatedly said strangled to death through the spirit box, <laughs> which by the way, that spirit box looked nothing like the ones I've seen in like ghost adventures and shit. And it didn't even sound like it. Like this one sounded scary. Like it was legit, like creepy ass voices and sounds and shit. Mm. And at first I thought it was like a uh, audio, like over it, like in like, but it was coming from the box and I was like, what the fuck? It looked like an old school radio. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Mm -hmm. It just looked, it was really, it was really weird. Like one of those stationary radios. Yeah. It's like a perfect little cube with like one antenna on it. No, it was like, it looked like it belonged in a church. Look, I'm going to have to send it to you. Hold on. I'll have to look up what kind that was because maybe it was rigged to make those specific noises and words. It was just really weird. Like, I've never seen anything like that before. As far as, oh my God, that's it. Holy sh- Or, I mean, it looks like that. It just looked like a more modern version of what I'm about to send you. Ooh, more of a modern version of this? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah, it was like smoother and a little bit thinner, but I was like, what the fuck? So, but the voices were like terrifying. They sounded like ghosts. And the other spirit boxes we've heard, they sound like, um, what's the word? They sound like a radio. It sounds like a radio. And this did not sound like a radio. Mm-hmm. It was really creepy. So they say there was a little boy who was a slave and his ghost stays hidden in a closet. And at one point through the audio, you can hear him saying, please don't hurt her. Like he's referring to Addie. So they think that he, this little ghost boy, watched the whole thing happen. Oh, no. Yeah. And then as they're like, as the episode continues, there's like charred pieces of, I thought it was a, it was part of the building, but they were saying it was rocks. So I have no idea. It didn't look like that, but it was like falling on them from like the open attic door. And they had like a motion sensor set up and they kept going off. And the female investigator who coincidentally, her name was Katrina. Ooh. uh, Yeah. She was like losing her shit every time it was going off. And I was like, okay. Like this is supposed to be your job. Like why are you I know. I guess maybe just the vibes, knowing what happened. I guess so. Because if it's a it, violent act or something like that, you never know if you're going to get touched or whatever. Yeah. Oh, uh, I feel like, yeah, anytime. It uh, is. Okay, I like that show because I like how they do it. And that, him, the, the main guy, he's from Ghost Adventures. Is he? Yeah, he's one of the, the three main guys. There's Aaron, Zach, and Nick, this guy, it's Nick. Nick. Yeah. There we go. You're right. Um, That's why I thought it looked familiar. Nick Grant. Well, he's a lot more calm than fucking Zach yeah, is. Yeah, that's, that's for why sure. I like I and I liked what the 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 woman's perspective is most of the time too. Yeah. She doesn't like say a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Yeah, it's not as dramatic as other as other ones. Mm-hmm. Um I will give it them that. Um they also interviewed the landlord, like the one that spoke to Addie Mm -hmm. and I just don't I get like liar vibes from him like I don't believe well he says that Zach told him that he thought there was a spirit of a little boy in the apartment oh how convenient yeah and I was like and even Nick is like did he really (laughs) and I'm just like yeah that's like so, so out of nowhere for whatever. Yeah, I'm like, that's a weird coincidence. Like what? <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to sell it. Like he's just trying to make it even more Yeah. Spooky. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. It's just I couldn't, but I was just like the way he said it, I was like, Yeah, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh to conclude the episode, they did a voodoo ritual in the apartment to help the ghosts leave in peace. Mm -hmm. which I thought was also kind of weird, but whatever. 
I don't know why I thought it was weird. She was really nice. And I mean, it was a nice gesture to do the, to let the spirits leave or whatever. But at the same time, like voodoo, you like to keep ghosts around. So, or like, they're not ghosts to voodoo. Anybody that is doing voodoo, they're Mm -hmm. spirits and they're called a certain thing and whatever. It's like a whole Mm -hmm. thing, but, uh, they don't want them to leave. So it's also another thing. They just contradicted what they were trying to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a good, it was a nice gesture, but they might as well have just like, done some kind of Christian prayer instead with it not yeah. even having to do with voodoo. Yeah. And they show like some of the things that she does. And I mean, I mean, it looks legit, but I don't know how, I don't know what happened. So. I don't know. I she could have and they made it sound that way, but she could have done something completely different. Like they instead of having to explain the whole fucking process, they could have just been like so that they could go in peace. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. a broader audience would understand. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, so in January 2004, a documentary was made. Oh, not 2004, 2014. Holy shit. I was like, "Oh, uh, we're back in time." No, no. Uh, a documentary was made and only released at a handful of film festivals. And I've been trying to find it on online, but I can't mm-hmm. like, I can't find it anywhere. And um, so on the website, I went to the website for the documentary and it's called Zach and mm-hmm. And excuse me, that's what the documentary is also called. So, they do say on the website that they'll have a free screening of the documentary at Hotel Storyville in New Orleans on Tuesday, October 16th. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say the year, so I don't it could have already happened. Like I have no idea. <laughs> like I don't know if it's it's old it's or like that year the date the date it was posted. The year that it came out. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Fuck, I don't know. And uh, that might be true, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't say anything. Wow. Well, they have updated it with like different awards they won and like what it won at the film festivals and shit. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm looking at this Bloody Mary's Tours website. They have quite a bit of things to offer and they don't look very expensive. Do go. Oh my God. I'd be scared. Well, cause in the, We're in in the show. Yeah. I know, but with our luck, we'd be at the end and we could feel all the little ghosts touching us. <laughs> little? There are children? There's one little boy. I'm sure he didn't leave. I'm sure he laughed his ass off at this white lady trying to tell him to fucking get on. <laughs> <laughs> Make me some money. <laughs> I'm sure she was like, stay. You better stay, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Damn, I know they all they, they do a fucking a ritual after the closing ritual to be like come back. I was just kidding, thing. come back. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, disregard that last message. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> to add a little hot sauce to that last part, um, or well, the the part about the documentary. So in that documentary, and as well as other TV and online media outlets. They interviewed a Margaret Sanchez who claimed to be a close friend of the couple. Mm. Well, she was, I guess, but um, it turns out in 2012, she and her boyfriend killed and dismembered Jaron Lockhart, Mm. a Bourbon Street dancer and young mother, and threw her body parts over a bridge, resulting in her remains washing up on several different Mississippi Gulf Coast beaches. No. When, yeah. When Sanchez was interviewed, she said she was aware of Jaren's demise since it was broadcast on the local news. She related that it was similar to how her best friend died and said, I felt so bad for her family because I had a friend. My friend was Addie Hall. She was cut up and was cooked and her boyfriend jumped off a hotel. So then Sanchez was sentenced to 40 years plus 20 more for a second degree murder charge as well as obstruction of justice and conspiracy to commit murder. The end. Oh my gosh. Who's what if it's a traveling curse? Stop it. Mm. Wow, that is kind of creepy now that you said that. My arms got related. No. I can't. Yeah, they dismembered her body, but at the same time, this chick got that idea from it. 
she was probably like, hey, let's, she's probably fucking doped out too. And she's like, yeah, hey, that's where it's tricky. You should like cut her arm off. I want to see what it's like. Something. You never know what that kind of thing. Oh, switching back to yeah. Zach Pagans and, and uh, coincidences, that brings me back to, um, because I, I often go back and revisit the Demon House case. Um, you know, because oh, just like with yeah. I thought you were going to do it. I thought you were going to. I, I am. Um, I'm still looking into more because people are coming forward saying it's not real. Just like with Amityville, where it ended up being completely fake. And we're like, damn it, that was so scary while it lasted. Um, so with Demon House, I'm waiting to see what else people say. But um, some of the coincidences that he mentioned in that documentary, do you remember them? That one of his producers committed suicide oh, or something. Yeah, his I remember. And someone else had to t- start taking medicine or fell into doing yeah. heroin or like a bunch of things happened where it's like, this is strange. Yeah, I do remember that. Or but like that, movie sh- sets, those movie sets that fucking like the exorcist where oh, real things start happening. We need to do an episode like that. Like with just those. I would just love to. Those. Mm-hmm. Would because it's like, you can't say it's not a spooky situation. So yeah, coincidences are fucking scary. Yeah, don't rain on my parade. If I if I want to say it's a cursed movie, I can say it, and you can't say it's not. Okay, got it. Yeah, I Even mean, I'll tell you night. it's not because I'm scared, but right, you're like no the whole episode. <laughs> um, like on the Dark Knight too, there was a car accident, and then like Christian Bale got really hurt. Yeah, and then um, the Joker obviously he he Ledger rest in peace. He said he sunk way down into his character, and that might have added to the. He was also a heroin addict, so yeah, yeah. But I mean, that happens a lot of times with um, with being that way already, and then trying to act a certain way. Yeah. Um, But anyways, yeah, I think Adrian Brody said that about whenever he filmed The Pianist. He had to lose a lot of weight and play that role of a Jewish survivor during World War II. Yeah. And it was just like the just putting yourself in that role can sometimes just really devastate the mind. So you have to make sure you're staying healthy or whatever. But anyways, yeah, we should do a movie set, a cursed movie set one. Yes. Next week we're doing the occult occult with music. music. Mm -hmm. I got to pick one. I'm doing the Mars Volta, and I think we should pick two and two. Ooh, good idea, because that way there will be enough to fill out. Yes. Yay. Okay. So, I'm picking um, <laughs> I'm picking the band from Jennifer's Body. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck were they called? Oh, oh, we should know. I know. Or I should know. Beyond the trees. What does he say? Through the trees. What's I used to have that song, but then it started to scare me when it would come on. So I was gonna say "Broken Through by- the Trees." It's called "Through the Trees." Through the Trees Through by. The- you look it up. It's gonna kill me. I can feel it on the tip of my tongue. <sighs> it is called. Their band was called. Something pines. No? Low shoulder. Low shoulder. I fucking loved that movie because of Adam Brody. I feel like if it came out now, wait a minute, that's not his name, is it? No, it Adam Brody. Yeah, it is. It's Adam Brody. I love him. It is. You're right. It is, and I do like him a lot. Nikolai. He was the the way he played his character was like somebody fucking forced me to do this shit, so I'm just doing it. Yeah, he did not give a fuck. He played it so funnily. Yeah. Finally. Uh, the movie now. I don't know why Jeremy hates it so much, but I fucking love that movie. I don't know why a lot of people hate it. Apparently, it's because of how it was marketed. I watched um an interview that came out more recently because Megan Fox is making a comeback in terms of um is she really? existing in general. Like she has an Instagram now and stuff. Um, oh shit! She's had kids. She looks amazing and um. They did an interview and talked about like what went wrong with it because it is actually a really good movie and it actually is a really good horror movie and it says a lot about feminism without just putting it out in your face. I don't know if you've seen Black Christmas, but I wanted to vomit the entire time. 
I vaguely remember, but I don't know. And the remake that came out like last year, people have shoved it to the back of their minds because it was so bad. It was terrible. Oh, it was remade last year. Yeah, no, I didn't watch it. <laughs> it don't. It was it was literally just don't hand me what you're trying to say with some kind of spunk because it's going to be shitty. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. But with Jennifer's body, you, they didn't have to say anything. You know, she was just I don't know. It was just a good, good ass movie without it being in your face about whatever they were tr- point they were trying to make. But um, right, yeah. The director has a really cool stage name. I'm gonna look it up because it's bothering me. Um, uh, something Diablo Cody or yes. something. Yes, exactly. You Is that knew. A name? Yeah. Let me pull up the IMDb, which I finally made an account for it. So I need to start getting on there. Now would be a good time because people, I mean, I use it a lot. I look at reviews oh, before yeah. I even start I a movie that. sometimes. I don't okay. look at the reviews. I always look at it during because I'm like, where the fuck have I seen that person at? Or is that going to bother me? Yes. Look at or if it starts shitty, I'm like, okay, is this going to be shitty? And then I look at it and I'm like, she. Oh, I look at Wikipedia. Yeah, she was a writer for um, Juno, Young Adult, Tully, most likely two, and that's it. After Jennifer's body, I don't think she's done too much besides those Charlize well, movies. You can make you can only make so much so many of the same kind of movies. Like Jennifer's body was basically like a dark version of Juno. Like the children all are sarcastic assholes. Like you're right. Mm-hmm. So you can only do that so many times without it getting With old. With the target but like, audience. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You moved from high school to young adults, which basically is young adult and Tully, which is Charlie's Theron. She was a writer. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. and I, have I. I should. I thought about it, but I also watched Young Adult, and that was the most depressing movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, where she goes and sees her... Um, yeah, it was literally my life whenever it came out because she was like a writer and like she all this sad things. Was I was like, and stuff, right? And oh, that is my life. God I bought the movie, it. but I never watched it again. Right. She's written some stuff, and she was a sex worker, I think. Um, was she really? Yeah, Diablo Cody. If, I'm gonna have to look into that, but yeah, um, she she herself is very interesting. I didn't know anything about that, so I watched that um, interview and it asked both Megan Fox and Diablo Cody questions about the movie and then about themselves and about because they got pretty much cyber bullied after that movie came out. Like you know, Jennifer's body. Movie, yeah, they were like, "This is a piece of shit. Like, why are you using sex? Like, this was this was just so stupid." Blah blah blah. But they just it explained. Fun movie. I agree. I they really just explain that. how the marketing they mismarketed it to make it seem like it was going to be something else. So when people Uh-oh. watched it, or the I target audience, the target audience for the marketing was different than the people actually wanting to see it. As in you and uh, I, young women okay. who were, yes. you know, into badass bitches and scary horror, yeah. but yes. also low shoulder and that kind of thing, like <laughs> funny, cute, stupid so that guys. Movie is- us in a nutshell it's true and it's so funny because that was the first time we hung out i was so nervous i sat i sat on the couch across from you just quietly but now we probably couldn't make it through a movie quietly i bet but absolutely not at that time that is hilarious i'm I'm all showing you like yeah i can't believe that that was. It is because we talked about it at work. So I was like, I'm going to show her that You're movie. You're like, you haven't seen that movie? And I was like, no. It was oh, perfect. It definitely it is. And it's filled with one-liners, and I love it. You're right. <laughs> that language should have fucking stuck, because some of that was good. It was golden. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it really should have. For In Juno, a lot of that shit stuck with us, uh, my group of friends, because I, I still say some of that dumb shit. Me too. <laughs> I wish Diablo Cody would go back to writing because I'm sure she has a lot more to share. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's been enough. Well, well we don't know. what she. Seen. I mean, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Maybe she's been writing this whole yeah. time. And well, I mean, if she had that one, with, what's her name in it? I'd have Charlie's. to see that movie. Yeah. I'm, I'd have to see that one to like gauge where she's at, like Holly? artistically. Yeah. 
start comedy with women influences or you know women tendency influences whatever that still have like sarcastic remarks <laughs> yeah like we don't care but we really do fucking care so yeah. we better get our shit together i don't know how well that works though i mean i don't know all i know is it's better than amy schumer's ugly ass bullshit that she's been putting oh on. oh my god i cannot I, cannot I couldn't make it through the one where she's hot or whatever or she feels hot what is it called I don't know. I don't like Amy Schumer, and it's because she tries to. I did. Too hard. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I did like her for a, a hot second until she yeah, was the very um, beginning. She was fucking offended that she was included in a plus size portion of a magazine, and I'm like, well, how do you think what you're saying now is making actual plus size people feel? Yeah, I don't. I oh, can't. I don't want to be affiliated. Well, sorry. I mean, some of these other plus size women are hotter than your dumbass anyway, so. Take that shit and shove it up your ass. I don't. I don't. But do I still watch her stand up? Yeah, sometimes because the only reason I watch it is because, or the only reason I've ever watched it is because of Jeremy. Real? That is so shocking. He likes her. He loves her, and I'm like, some of her stand up, like, because I didn't, I didn't like her. I didn't like her at the very beginning when I'm when I first found out who she was. And then I did like her after I watched Trainwreck. And then I and now I don't like her again. Doesn't you like Cena? Oh, yeah. That shit was funny, dude. I, if she wrote the movie, that was just what she wanted to fucking do. That was like a Lena Dunham type move when she fucking like fucks Lena the guy Dunham who's in Insidious. Like... I know. Seriously. Oh, the, guy, the lead actor from the lead <laughs> actor, both the lead actor from Insidious and um, oh, Donald Glover. Oh, were featured in one single episode of different seasons of that show. And I feel like it's just because she wanted to have an excuse to make out with them or fuck them in the show. Shit. Like, I would do that too. If I had the power. Oh, you're right. But I'm like, these episodes were complete throwaway episodes. I hate myself because I love the show girls before I realized all the problematic things that were happening with Lena Dunham or even the show itself. But you know what? I don't regret watching Girls because Adam Driver is one of my favorite actors and he was in that show. So I can I can fall back on at least having that be the reason why I liked it. Back to Amy Schumer. I'm surprised Jeremy likes Amy Schumer. But at the same time, I love her raunchiness. She's not afraid to say gross things about what goes on with our bodies. And it makes it feel more normal. But at the same time, I'm like, you're definitely trying way too hard with all this imagery. Yeah. Like, it's not what she says. It's how she says it. And I'm like, can you please just (laughs) just say it a little more eloquently? And then I'll think it's funny. Yeah, she is there for Lawrence. Get on people's but, Je- but Jennifer Lawrence legitimately does because, not care. It's stupid because Jennifer Lawrence doesn't have to care because she's hot, so she can say anything. That's what bothers me too. Yeah, is like I guess that is. If anyone <laughs> says like I have to take a shit and it comes from someone who's unappealing, they're gonna be like, "That's gross. Keep Ew, that shit to yeah. yourself." Mm. But if it's a hot girl, they're like, "Wow, she's so open. She doesn't give a fuck." Or like the oh, same yeah. thing with like mukbangs. Like if someone who's uh, unattractive is eating a bunch of shit on screen they're gonna be like ew this is gross and unhealthy you need to go do something else mm-hmm. but if it's a hot girl that can fucking eat a shit ton they're like whoa she can eat as much as a man that's really hot yes i fucking hate it all of that Mm-mm. i've had that told to my face before that it depends how hot she is i'm like fuck off Women are humans. If they have to take a shit and they feel like saying it, then, I mean, men, it doesn't matter what they look like. They're just, they get away with scratching their nuts. They get away with saying mm-hmm. whatever they want. And it's like, well, he's a man. You know, what do you expect? Oh, I hate that shit. I hate that one <laughs> the absolute most. What do you expect? I expect a lot more than your sloppy ass fucking husband scratching yeah. his balls in front of my face. Like, I don't, yes. I don't need to see it. I don't Absolute give a shit. Self-respect. If I'm, Yes, like I can watch my boyfriend do it <laughs> if I had a boyfriend. You don't see me freaking scratching my labia in public out of respect for right. other people. Jesus, that 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 one thing weirds me the fuck out. Like, <laughs> why do guys think that's okay? Like, it's stupid because I, since I know how I have to adjust myself sometimes, um, because I have a fat pee, but I can't talk about that on here. Um, 
I know how subtly to do it. And so I'll notice when other women are doing it. And I'm like, damn, that sucks that we just can't be free and open and a quick fix, you know, a tug right. here, a pull there and we're fixed. But men can fucking rearrange their whole anatomy down there. And it's perfectly acceptable. One um, time I watched, <laughs> I watched a dude like, I mean, he was getting it with his balls like he was getting under them like he was just getting it and i i was thoroughly disgusted like i literally turned away so later something was going on and i could feel my bra strap falling so Mm -hmm. i literally stuck my hand through my neck a leg of my shirt yeah and i pulled up my bra strap like that Mm -hmm. and he had the balls to be like what the fuck are you doing over there? Was are you fucking trying to touch your? Um, he was an acquaintance, but I didn't really talk to him. Like I think I'd maybe said like three words to him, but he was like, "Are you touching your titties over there?" And I turned and I said, "Even if I was, I was not doing anything as close to what the fuck you were doing. I'm pretty sure you were scratching your taint at one point." <laughs> And he just looked at me and like I'm, I'm pretty sure, said that. and I'm pretty sure he said some fucking. He was probably like, "Oh yeah, I did," or something stupid. But I can't, can't. That's what I'm saying. Like, like if you're you don't think we have scratchy, itchy parts too? Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, uh, yeah. I try to be a lady, but when no one else gives a fuck, like, okay, yes, fine, fuck so- you. Yeah, and if somebody says anything, it's the end of the goddamn world. Because I will fucking say something. I will. Yeah. Good, you should. I mean, they expect us to understand while they're harassing our eyes with what they're what they got going on. We completely went off. We did, but in a way, I'm kind of happy we do that because the stuff we cover is so dark that we can't really we just, joke about it. Yeah. And so with our personal stuff, we can. So. Yeah. Good idea. Because I was thinking about that, too. I was like, damn, people are like, this podcast is all over the place. But, I mean, in a way, it's it's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, we have something at the end so you can decompress. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Palette cleanse. Palette cleanse. Oh. So follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. Go yes. like our stuff and go rate us on Apple Podcasts and – Leave a review if you feel like it. (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time. Well, I mean, I could have given them the creeps, right? (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, goodbye. Bye.